Welcome to The Perfect Storm in Business. I'm David Wolf here once again with Terry Ostroviak. Terry, welcome back. Thank you, David. Good to be with you. Always, always. And, uh, you know, we've really kicked off this series about uh, the uh, generational challenges in the workforce uh, in a splendid way last week with Gary Crowder. This week we've got a new guest. Talk to us a little bit about who's going to join us. Uh, Tom Sano's on the line, I know, but uh, tell us a little bit and set it up for us. Well, Tom has been working with me for quite a number of months now um, on, on the coaching side. And we were talking about millennials, and uh, he's just turned uh, 40, which is just above uh, somebody that would be in Generation Y. And uh, last week, we talked with Gary Crowder, who is an employer or a uh, head or CEO of a company, large company. And so this time, we can talk about uh, what a a person in the Generation Y or maybe uh, maybe a little bit of Generation X. We don't have to label it at all particularly, but we'll talk about it from that perspective. And so um, I'm I'm really looking forward to an interview with you today, Tom. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sounds good. Good. All right. Thank you. So when we talk about Generation Y, I'm not sure that you actually fully identify with that label at all. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, I, I've been doing some thought about it, and I, I think I kind of I, I have like one foot in kind of two sides of the generation. Um, yes. And doing some of the reading, uh, sometimes I, I identify within. I think I identify within Generation Y to a certain extent in some of the the way my work has developed and how I interact with with people. So it's interesting to kind of have both sides. Or feel a little yeah. bit of both of both sides. I just want to give a bit of background for a moment, which maybe I should have done previously. But uh, Tom actually runs a, a Japanese restaurant in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, is by profession an accountant, or qualified to be an accountant, and uh, has had his finger in a number of different pies in business. But uh, this is what he currently does, and he has a team of people. How many people in your in your in your group in your restaurant? We run about 15, 15 staff, um, including a manager and, and other employees, total 15. Okay. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you actually manage or work with or lead or coach a group of millennials yourself or a group of a wide generation people. What are some of the big advantages of having these high energy people working with you? You know, I, I think one of the interesting things is if you engage with them, like when I engage with them on some of the um, issues that may, may be going on within the restaurant, they're actually very interested in being involved with that process and trying to think of um, a solution to it, you know. Um, and that is actually that energy that they bring is great. So that that's a definite benefit to having them. Do you think that they're any different from, let's say, X generation people or even baby boomers in their attitude towards wanting to get involved in solving problems? Um, so I I think they're a little bit different in the way you have to engage with them. Um, oh. it, I think it takes a little bit more. Or the, the the sense I get is just some of the attitude is a little bit different, and in 
it, it takes a little more communication. So involvement, I think, to to engage and keep the keep the momentum and the energy going. Um, uh, give us an it's example. It's a little bit different. It's a, yes. Give us um, an example of what you have in mind. What What do you think? What's happened? So let's see. To uh, some of it is actually my. I, I had an, uh, a bit of an issue with it where we have a sort of a process issue in the front of the house um, yeah. on delivering, making sure customer customer orders get delivered, you know, efficiently in order to the correct table and these sort of things. Uh, and so I engage them in brainstorming on how do we solve this. But then they were very motivated and energetic. And then I ended up getting distracted because the restaurant industry happens to be very, there's a lot of stuff going on and things pulling in a lot of different directions. Uh, and I got distracted and I dropped the ball on, on their end. And once that was dropped, then it became very hard to pull them back in. And so that's how to, you know, you can lose some credibility and things like that. I, I mean, I, that may be common to every generation, um, yes. but that's one, one, Point that happened, and the other one is with um, kind of like recognizing them uh, within kind of on an interpersonal level. So with yeah. birthdays, um, and this is this kind of goes to the the connection that is involved. Um, that they, I have to keep uh, track of their kind of personal life in a sense. And like their birthday and know to ask them, hey, do you want to take a day off for your birthday? <clears throat> because, you know, just to recognize them in that way, not to do like a party within the office or within the restaurant on that day. That might be one solution, but to give them some options on what they want to do with that day, you know, um, right. and that's on the interpersonal. Let's, connection. Let's, go to, let's go to the event itself. I'm sorry. To, uh, I may be just sort of interjecting. Yeah the wrong time but let's let me just lead this forward a little bit in that you tell us exactly what happened i mean initially uh, w what occurred one one of your employees came to you and uh, said they wanted to take off is that is that how it started yeah yeah so we're we're a little bit uh, tight on staffing and we actually had two employees or i had two employees who had birthdays one day like a day after each other and I want, you know, they couldn't switch with each other because of the schedule, like one could cover the other and the other on the other day because of their, their regular schedule outside of the work. So I asked them to just work on their birthday. I thought, hey, you know, you know, I, I would probably, I'm not going to take a day off on my birthday, but they, they wanted to. Um, and they ended up behind my without my permission going to some other people within the restaurant and then resolving it. And, but then it, it, it ended up coming back to me like, Hey, why are they doing this? And I said, you know, it became a whole point of some conflict, but, um, they ended up taking their day off uh, on their birthday. And I realized instead of being kind of undermined in my position, I need to track, you know, everybody give them more of an option um, on what they want to do on these sort of important days, you know, that come up through the year. So, Tom, what happened over there was that uh, one of one of the people um, wanted that time off, and you, uh, 
I mean, you you would appreciate that. I suppose that is a a, a kind of known uh, needs that that people, Y generation people, seem to have uh, more than yeah. you. I mean, you're, you're a little bit out of that area, so I know that you would not take off a day because it was your birthday. I mean, people don't take off their birthdays at work generally, but this was yeah. an evening, wasn't it? It was an evening time. Yeah, it was a dinner shift. So the other issue that kind of affects us is uh, like the part time nature of it. So it's not a full time job. It's not like, you know, the 40 hour a week job. They all have they're all kind of part of the gig economy, you know, in a sense, in that they they have like maybe two or three other things going on outside that they're they're pulling on and working on developing as well. So. You know, there has to be kind of a recognition of this sort of built-in flexibility into how things are managed. So what did you have to do to resolve this? Uh, Well, so far, I I have, in order to effectively resolve it, I have to, you know, sort of gather this information either on the employee intake or ASM and then set a calendar to, to remember, you know, with each person I have to have this kind of interaction with or communication on how to manage their schedule. So in a sense, what you're saying is that you felt that you needed to get more engaged with them yourself, even on a personal level, in order to understand those specific needs, instead of just uh, dictating what the rule book would say, your rule book. Because that didn't seem to work. Okay, that's the point behind it. So I think that you inadvertently discovered that by uh, finding out what their birthdays were, that you kind of, uh, uh, this is what happened. You started to take more of an interest in them. And by taking more of an interest in them, uh, all of a sudden you probably found them more corporate. So what finally happened? Did they take the time off or or did you uh, allow them to, to just replace themselves on those specific evenings? Did it work out? Well, in, in that past situation that we're talking about, it you know they worked it out on, on their own and and had resolved the situation, which in a sense I do kind of like, but I do want to maintain a, a presence, you know, that hey, I'm controlling the schedule, you know, we're not all going all over the place. So so far, no one's birthday has come up again, but as we go down the line, I'm going to be interacting with people on that level to to so make sure. Here's the point behind it. The point behind it is that the needs of a Y-generation team member, on the one hand, needs to feel more involved in that decision-making and sort of needs to know that you are uh, considering their needs and not just imposing your rules on them. On the other hand, maybe people in traditional business, people with X-generation mentality or maybe even a baby boomer mentality which doesn't apply to you but that's let's use that as the as the picture for a moment they need to know what's going on i think the need actually says that when y generation people get into a situation uh, in an organization they they need to understand what the rules are that are set by the organization then go to the the manager and say look this is where we are at the moment i think we I understand you don't want us to move backwards and forwards and not tell you what's going on because I think that bosses in general hate bad news because it makes them look stupid. <laughs> like yeah. they don't have any control. Well, there you are. Just the, even the fact that you're laughing about it is the point. So 
so that kind of insight or awareness on behalf of younger generation people of what the, I won't call it the rules, but the culture of the organization or the way things work around here needs to be known by the younger generation in, in a business. And all they have to do is to let you know about it in advance, not just simply take uh, take the initiative and do it without letting the, the manager know. That's all it, it boiled down to eventually. And it might not even be a generational issue. In my coaching, in many, many cases, if there are human relations problems between bosses and employees or managers and team members, that's probably a better way of describing it, that's the area that, that causes a, a lot of confusion. Team members need to let their bosses or their, their managers know what they have in mind. And the manager will say, fine. Most of the time, the manager will say, okay, fine, that's good. You've taken the initiative. You've done what was needed. You replaced yourself in this particular position for that evening. Just let me know in advance so I know who's moving where and when and that the, that the area is covered. That's what it boiled down to. So that might be a Y generation need. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. All right. What else? What else have you done recently where you recognize that there might have been a difference with Y generation people? Um, you know, the communication is kind of interesting in that um, there's a lot of uh, texting. <laughs> I don't communicate <laughs> a whole lot over the phone uh, yes. and uh, in person with them. The majority of the communication goes through text and they're very comfortable in that, in that mode. You know, it's almost like a very easy way. And there's some challenges to that um, and maybe some benefits in that the challenges being that the communication is clear. It's concrete it's, it, it, and some of the, the context though is sometimes can be difficult to handle but then it also creates kind of um, like a, a, a buffer, what do I say, like a buffer? I'm not, the word is kind of difficult to, to describe but the situation was there was an issue between two employees um, or a manager and an employee, a manager within the restaurant. And the employee who um, has now left, though there was a disagreement, and the texting allowed for communication to happen uh, in a situation that was really difficult, where this person felt more free and able to communicate about a difficult issue that in person or over the phone was was difficult to handle um and oh, it was an yes yeah, it was an unfortunate situation to happen but the texting this is like a allowed for a more efficient and uh candid kind of interaction that that may not have happened over a phone or in face to face you know do you think, but that, it's interesting. Do you think that the younger people generally are, are not very comfortable in talking about things but much more comfortable in just texting it's kind of just a different form of communication. I don't think it replaces the face-to-face, -face, um, but for certain things, um, it facilitates communication in a in a maybe a more efficient way, a quicker way, more concise way um, than getting face-to-face -face and having to get through certain. Uh, formalities in communication, you know. So do you I mean, think that people who are, comf are comfortable with texting 
uh, do it because it's uh, it's it's a much less um, it's a much less vulnerable area for them. It's much easier just to to send a text and get that message across, and they yeah. think that that's the, the job. But on the other hand, it might not be comprehensive enough. Exactly, to sort of tackle the issue. You, you definitely need both because, like we were saying earlier. Yes. You need to have the interpersonal, you need to have that connection with, with the, the person you're dealing with and understand them, the full picture of who they are, um, and to really connect with them to have an idea of what's important to them and how to um, keep them within in the organization and, and happy or doing so well. I, you know. I imagine that the real problem is that the nuances that are involved in a conflict situation don't come across in the text. And that's probably where the misunderstandings crop up. Is that possible? Um, well, in this situation, it was in the face-to-face -face where stuff happened, where there were disagreements. Oh. Um, and then the text allowed for... Um, I mean, I, I could tell just by the fact that this person wanted to use text and not be face-to-face, -face, that this was a difficult situation. Um, and then the text allowed for this person to express what was going on um, in, in an acceptable way, you know? I, I mean, there's a little bit maybe on both where, you know, it could have been, the feelings could have been so strong that it would have been almost okay. too much so you say, being face-to-face. -face, so if I you just know? sum it up, just looking looking at it from a, from a, from another outside perspective. Mm -hmm. It means that they're less vulnerable in being able to explain what it is that they wanted to say. They, you know, it, it, all the emotional aspects of it kind of disappear, I suppose, on a text message. And that's very appropriate at times. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a good way to get a message across. Sometimes people are intimidated, for instance, not your the situation, but in general. So they use texting a lot because it's a, it's a quick and easy and concrete way of getting a message across Instantaneously, in fact, yeah, and uh, and that makes a difference. But there's something that is missing sometimes in text messaging, and I know you're very comfortable with texting as well. I mean, mm -hmm. this is part of your generation as well. Yeah, so are major benefits in 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 instantly communicating with people. But uh, there are also other opportunities or other possibilities where it's not clear. Um, and yeah, I'll just respond to that for a moment. Um, let me think, uh, okay. So, you know, another, another example within the texting where it was not clear is we have one, uh, one person who has been, um, very strong about things that are, are going on and expressive about it. Um, and I received the text from them and it, it was very strongly worded. It became difficult to understand for me what was going on, <laughs> you oh. know, what's behind this. So yes. it was very concrete and understanding that context. So that, that would be on the, maybe the difficult side of texting where things can get lost and not understanding the full context of the picture of, is this person upset? Is this person, you know, what exactly is pushing this, this interaction going on on text, you know? So um, Tom, why don't you clarify? I mean, you've been on both sides of, 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 the, of the picture. On the one hand, you're a manager and, and an owner of a business. On the other hand, you, uh, you know, you're really very much a part of the, uh, of the Y generation and that you've, 
you've been through all these things. So what advice would you give to, to young Y generation people about when to use texting and when not to? I think texting functions well um, when there's something short, uh, something immediate, and it's, you know, it's, it can be a simple response. Um, uh, you mean like yes or no? <laughs> well, along those lines, yeah. Like yes. this day, this day, this day. Is that good? You know, um, nice. and um, but then sometimes, for on the other hand, if it's something more difficult or requires um, a deeper conversation, then text may be the introduction, and then face to face can follow up. So it's really being able to identify uh, when you know what what it is you're working on, what it is what the issue is you have to deal with, or I have to deal with, and then communicating appropriately, appropriately based off of what it is. And so you know, in the communication with texting, it's the first step is identifying what the issue is, and then taking that to you know how am I going to communicate and resolve the the, whatever the, the issue is. So even you had to think about it at this moment. How do I explain? <laughs> how do people know when the appropriate time is? There are obviously some uh, ways of doing it effectively or using texting effectively, and there are obviously some ways where it's definitely inappropriate. So, um, I mean, I suppose in a way that if, if managers and, uh, and, and Y generation people got together and talked through things like that, that kind of insight would make a big difference to the communication level. So you as a person who's been through that Y generation period and are in a position where you are a manager and let's say even now are still kind of Y generation oriented because you're comfortable with the technical world, you, you, uh, you use uh, social media a lot uh, to, mm -hmm. to promote your business, those things. Uh, what advice would you have for managers about being more accepting of people in Y generation situations? What should they do? Managers. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard. Uh, it's a little bit challenging for me to think about what to do because I'm, I'm kind of in the process of doing it and accepting. I mean, I have to say that there are some uh, generation members who come in and just the some of the reaction that comes up um, is I, I just some sometimes I'm like confused, you know, with people who come in and then they have they know all about the job and yet they've never really done the job and they're telling me what's going on and then they quit in like five days, you know. Um, uh, there's some of that, but then the people who who stay, there's kind of a, an attention to detail. Um, so recognizing them and then making the communication, uh, the connection through the communication with them so that they are comfortable. They feel kind of, uh, I want to say accommodated and taken care of. And then they, they work, you know, for you and stay. I mean, that's how I'm, I'm seeing it right now. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that's the right answer, Terry, because like, Oh, I'm that kind of is in the process right of identifying this myself, but that, that's, that's that's wonderful. How I'm I can, working I can, right I can now. almost hear the wheels turning in your head. <laughs> think you yeah. And that and that in itself just shows the, the the discomfort area. It's not that easy. 
So this is a very, very valuable conversation, not only for you, but for anybody that's listening to this podcast would say to themselves, wow, I never thought about these these kinds of difficulties before. And uh, maybe I should be more explicit about it. But the, the overriding thing that I got from what you were just saying a moment ago, and I think you've alluded to it a couple of times, and that is that young people want to feel included not separated from or or to be considered as kind of aliens coming into a work environment. They want to immediately feel like they're part of the family, uh, that that their opinions and their ideas can be included. And maybe instead of demanding that, that whatever they're saying should be listened to, they should simply ask and create a relationship. But from a manager point of view, it sounds to me like if the managers made people feel that this is an adult, to adult process, not a parent to child process, that they would immediately feel part of the family, but on an adult adult communication level. That would make a big difference in reducing a lot of tension uh, that occurs with younger people trying to make a name for themselves in, in organizations and feel part of the scene. I, that's really what's come across from, from what you were saying a moment ago. And the fact that you, you, you're literally on the bridge between the two, between millennials on the one hand and the older generation on the other hand and sort of struggling with, I wonder where I fall. Am I this or am I that or am I one of, yeah. one of each? <laughs> I mean, with, uh, definitely that – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's real. That's really what's going on. Yeah. And de- when I communicate with them, when I interact with them, I definitely take the position that uh, – it's, it's kind of weird, but I'm not like the – the boss exactly i'm kind of a facilitator in a sense and not um uh, i don't take that uh like parent child type of position or anything like that it's i'm i'm working with them as a team to accomplish you know this operations and making sales and making sure that we do well within the restaurant you know um and carrying the communication around to everybody and that there's, I'm keeping that large eye, but I'm, uh, I look at them as equals within the organization in a sense. Yeah. Wonderful. I think that's that's a perfect way to finish our discussion today, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would want to work with you because of your attitude and your gentleness, and your and your ability to to say, well, I'm not always right. I'm open to listening to the other to the other side of the of the picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if I need to make changes, I'm flexible enough to implement those changes. Which, where I, whereas I think the older generations, particularly baby boomers, are just not even patient enough to even go that far. And you definitely are. That's been very valuable. Thank you very much, yeah. Tom, for your insights. You're welcome. Thank you. David, why don't you just uh, clear up what you heard today? A fascinating discussion from both of you, uh, and I love the way you talked about Tom's gentle style. I think that really, uh, really does sum it up, Terry. Tom, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the program, and Terry, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you.